You're dialing in to the All Things Telesales Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lynn. If the phone is your weapon, this is your podcast. We're changing the perception of telesales. We're a tribe of telesales professionals who believe in compassion before commission. We're empowering the call coaching experience by starting with the person and salesperson. When we take care of the person, the calls take care of themselves. All right, next guest. Well, if you ever logged into YouTube, you've probably searched motivation or inspiration and you've come across this guy, Evan Carmichael. Welcome to the show, Evan. Thanks. I love Jake. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. <clears throat> so you got this, uh, this branding now, man. I love it. This hashtag believe. And I know a lot of people, and especially in phone-based sales, a lot of our listeners, you know, they, it's, it's, it's a lot about mindset, man. And you're big on the mindset. And so I uh, definitely uh, love love what you're about. So I appreciate you being here today. So um, yeah, man. So just tell us a little bit about you know the the journey where where you are now. Man, I mean, YouTube started 11 years ago. I don't know how how deep we want to go into the journey of, of yeah. selling my first thing at five years old. But right. uh, you know, just within YouTube, yeah, I've been on it for 11 years. I think uh, at the start, I was very shy, introverted. Still am, man. It's still an introvert. Yeah. Uh, but 11 years later, 6,000 videos later, here we are. And belief is the core. Uh, but I think, so I mean, it gets maybe lesson for your audience or a, a tidbit is, yes, is belief in yourself and your abilities to, to, to close and to help and to serve and to do a good job. And, um, but also, I think belief that what you're selling will actually help the client. Yeah. Like, I think that's what really helps move the needle forward is, you know that this thing, you know that these people are struggling with an issue and that your product or service can help them, then it becomes your duty, your obligation to, to persuade, to influence, to help because it's of service to them. It's not just you trying to get the commission, right? You got to right. hit that number for the end of the month, which is right. important. <laughs> yeah. but, but then that, when, it's, when it's selfishly motivated like that, it can be hard to still have that belief all the time. And it's easy for the customer to kind of see through it where if you're actually thinking of them in their own best interest and you know that your product or service can help them solve that problem, uh, it makes you way more persuasive and convincing to actually get those numbers for yourself. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I hear you, man. So it really starts with that belief, believing in what you sell. Because if you don't believe in what you sell, then you should just get out of that product or service and find something else that you believe in. <laughs> yeah. Go sell something else. There's lots of great, there's lots of great products and services out there. Yeah. Um, this, you know, a lot of people who are network marketing, for example, is what I often talk about is that if you're not actually using the product or service, then don't sell it. Like it's got to be something that you would recommend to your mom. You know, if your mom was struggling with the problem that you solve with your product and services, would you say, mom, you have to use this thing? Right. If not, then go find something else to sell because you're not going to, you, you can get some success, but you're not going to get ultimate success repping products that you don't actually believe in. You'll just have way more, you'll have way more success and way more quality of life and way more happiness when you hang up the phone and now I just, yeah, I got my sale, but I just right. helped somebody, you know, I'm going to help <laughs> yeah. them solve a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Which one's more important, right? It's like, um, of course, of course, a big motto of our show is compassion before commission is mm -hmm. actually, uh, you know, giving a crap and trying to cure commission breath. <laughs> so you're definitely talking our talk for sure. Yeah. So, and, but listen too, like commission is important. Right. Yeah, this is where, 
Well, this is where people will, will fall apart because people have a weird view of money growing up. Most people don't have a healthy perspective on money. Take it from your parents, where some people think money is everything. Money is the right. answer to everything. Uh, it's not. Uh, and you'll never win if you're only chasing down money. Right. But other people think money is the root of all you know, evil, evil right? right. Yeah, and yeah. it's actually the love of money is the root the of all evil. Right. But yeah, people yeah. say money is root of all evil. Yeah, uh, it's not either. Money's fantastic. Like right. you want to live a great life, you want to have a big impact. Even if you're, you're a church, a charity, you need money. Like you, you right. need to have money. So money is important. Their commission is important. It just can't be number one. Right. Yeah. But it's got to be in your top five. Like if you're a salesperson right. and you don't care about making money, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not going to make anything. Right. It's got to be in your top five. Yeah. But but if you're putting compassion first, great. Like something's got to be above the commission, but you still have to get the commission. Like it's still got to be in your top five list of priorities. Yeah, absolutely. And so you had mentioned you've been, uh, you've been in sales since you were five. Yeah. I mean, I, I sold my, uh, I, I recruited my three-year-old little sister, which drew some art and I sold it to my, my neighbor for five or 10 cents. And that was my, <laughs> first, my first sale. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I remember, uh, back in the day we had VHS tapes and, uh, oh, yeah. I would, I would rent videos to my grandparents. <laughs> like, there you go. Oh, you want to watch Homer bound? Cool. It's 10 cents. <laughs> I, I like it, dude. I like it. I mean, I really cut my teeth, I think with baseball cards. So I'm, I'm from Toronto, Canada. And in 92, 93, uh, the blue Jays, my, my hometown team won the world series uh, of baseball. And it was also the, the height of upper deck and like baseball cards. Uh, and so I would, every weekend we'd go and sell baseball cards and we'd drive for an hour and a half out of the city to this big flea market, I guess that had a lot of oh, baseball yeah. card vendors. And, uh, and I would, I'd be 12 and 13 years old and negotiating with people who are in their forties and fifties right? Yep. over, over, over a nickel dude, over, a, yep. over a dime. <laughs> um, our, our dollars are coins uh, in Canada. And so the guy said, okay, I'll give you a buck, but it's got gum on the back or it's got dirt. Great. I'll take it. You know, it's still a buck. Just <laughs> yeah. Wrap up the gum. I'll go for yeah. it. Yeah. So that's where I cut my negotiation and skills, <laughs> baseball yeah. cards. And when I was 12 and 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Same here. I remember one time I traded, uh, it was a Michael Jordan card. It was just, you know, so many different Michael Jordan basketball cards out there. Not of them. Not, it's not like a rookie card, but I, I traded it for a, for an autograph card of some other basketball player. Okay. And I remember somebody um, that oversaw that transaction was like, well, I can't believe he just traded that Michael Jordan card for that, for that autograph card. And they were, they got the little Beckett list out, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they were like, well, actually he's really smart. Cause he just actually made $20 profit on that deal. Because I already I, went man, in knowing, yeah. <laughs> Beckett every month. I mean, we're, we're going, we're, we sound like grandpas now, but, <laughs> yeah. but Beckett, man, that monthly catalog that came yeah. out, I, I got the baseball one. But surprisingly, the Michael Jordan upper deck baseball card is baseball probably card. The, the single card I had the most copies of. Right. I've got maybe 30 Michael, I still have them. Michael right. Jordan yeah. baseball card <laughs> for, that, for the one year he went with the, uh, the, uh, the White Sox. Um. Anyway, so good times, good times. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know we were man. talking about this when we got started. <laughs> right. I'm, I know, man. That's great. Yeah. I think we're both going to go digging through our garage to go find our basketball and baseball cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many times I thought I wanted to to put that stuff on eBay, but I just held on to it, man. Sometimes you gotta stick in there and hold on to things in, until you can see its true value. 
a lot of the stuff though, like from my era, from 92, 93, a lot of it is just junk. Like it's junk wax. Yeah. It just over, they oversaturated the production of it. So yeah. I don't have a ton of really great cards. Um, we've got a ton of cards. I got, a, I got a couple that, you know, keep in the collection. Definitely some signed ones that, uh, that are meaningful. But most of the stuff put out in that era, in baseball, at least, I don't know, basketball, uh, is not worth super valuable stuff, but just yeah. more emotional memories. Right. Yeah. And, and I see you have uh, quite a few uh, great people I can see going down the line here in, in your, your background. Um, can you kind of tell me a little bit about, you know, why, why are these people on the wall? Yeah, so I think I think the uh, you know for the audio listeners, I think having an environment that mm. gives you confidence is really important. Yeah, if you're if you're if you're doing sales and you're going to go talk to somebody, you need to whoever's more confident wins, right? So you need to feel confident before you ever pick up the phone, and that starts with you know morning routine rituals, but also the environment that you're in, the clothes yeah. that you wear, all of it really matters for your confidence. So I want to create an environment of belief whenever right. I walk into my office. So to, you know, what Jake's talking about, I've got five canvases up on my wall. The first one you can't actually see on this angle. It's a, it's a Steve Jobs picture kind of staring me down. Yeah. Then we got AP Janini, who's my favorite entrepreneur of all time. Then my parents, uh, and this is me and my oh, parents. Nice. I'm about eight years old here, my parents. Oh, and then cool. Howard Schultz and then Kanye West. Kanye um, West, yeah. I'm in Calabasas. Is, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And this is, uh, you know, th these people are staring me down every time I come to my office. Yeah. And the great thing about setting up your environment is you only have to do it once. Like I set this up with intention once and then I show up every day and I got these people staring me down, giving me belief, you know, every day. And so it's a super powerful hack to think what makes you have that confidence, have that self-belief. And then whether it's your computer background, your cell phone background, the, the art on your walls, how you dress and show up, even if you're working from home, will make an impact on your mental. And when your mental is strong, that converts super easy to uh, your customers wanting to buy from you and feeling like you're speaking the truth. Yeah, which I love it. So, so you mentioned impact, but mental was first. But to me, like impact equals revenue, but it all starts with the mental yeah, if you if you don't believe you can have an impact, you're not going to. Right. Uh, I think it's the world's biggest problem. Right. Lack of belief, I think, is the world's biggest problem. So I like to say that everybody's got Michael Jordan level talent at something. So it's funny we went there already right. uh, <laughs> with the cards, but yeah. like everybody listening, you could you are the greatest in the world at something. The greater you're the Michael Jordan of something, and chances are it's not what your parents are doing. Or wanted you to do and chances are it's not what you went to school for it's something yeah. totally different yeah uh, and so it starts with the belief like jake 10 years ago wouldn't be thinking yeah i'm gonna have this show we're gonna interview people right. <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> right you'd be like you're nuts i'm not doing that how are you gonna get people on right uh, yeah, exactly. but and here he is doing yeah. it crushing it yeah uh so if you don't believe in your ability to be great at something, then you're not going to be great at something. You're not going to chase it down. And that's, that's the first thing I'm trying to, before getting to tactics and how to's, uh, cause you can give somebody all the how to, you can give somebody the perfect script. You can give somebody how many times they're supposed to call people, all of it. And then they still won't have success because their mental is, is, is broken. So that's the first thing that has to be fixed. Right. So how, what's, what's the first thing that we got to do to fix it? What do you think? Uh, you have to remind yourself of the things that make you feel bold, confident, powerful, alive, and then put that into your morning routine. 
because it's a daily thing. You might have the greatest day of all time today and feel like you're unstoppable and you're the king of the world and you can do anything. And then you can wake up tomorrow and that feeling's gone. Yeah. It's a daily yeah. thing. Right. So whatever the thing is that made you feel bold, powerful, confident, alive, put that into your morning routine. You know, yeah. if listening to Jake is the thing, great. Jake's got a bunch of episodes. Go listen to one every morning. Like start your day with Jake, <laughs> right? If it's my YouTube videos or if it's yeah. somebody else's podcast or reading the book, something, whatever the thing is that gets you feeling amazing. This is one of the biggest things that people don't recognize about high achievement. People expect, uh, you know, Tony Robbins or Brendan Burchard or Evan Carmichael, whoever, wake right. up and go, yes, Thursday, let's go crush today, right? Like that right. doesn't happen for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Not for me, not for Jake, not for Tony Robbins, not for Michael Jordan, not for anybody, <laughs> right? Exactly. The difference is successful people, high achievers have a, have a set of excellence for themselves. They have a no. routine that they demand that excellence from themselves on a daily basis. So if you wake up and don't feel motivated, welcome to being a human being. Jordan didn't feel motivated either. But he did things every morning to help him get to that spot. That's the only thing that's missing. Yeah. You have to figure out what is your routine going to be to get you feeling bold, powerful, confident, alive, which is why I like having the, the office environment because I don't even have to do anything. I just have to walk in and that's, that gives me an instant hit already. Oh, yeah. I love it. I can imagine it's uh, very inspirational. Now I'm going to have to upgrade my office. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. People ask me, like, do you sell? Like, how do I buy those pictures? Like, it's my mom. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Do you want my mom on your wall? <laughs> it's like, go do you. Right. you know, like, the whole point is you have your own thing that makes you feel bold and powerful and confident right. alive. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just design it with intent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because um, a lot of what I'm hearing is uh, having that commitment, that commitment to, um, you know, find the impact, make the impact, where's the impact. But also, it's like if, if I'm doing something and I feel obligated to do it, there's no passion to do it. So like if you're, you're showing up every day for a job that you don't like, that you hate, and you're doing things out of obligation, it's not from passion. So there's no commitment. That's why you're not getting any results. Yeah. So can you yeah. talk a little bit to that? You have to connect to the why. Yeah. You have to connect the why of what you're doing. Otherwise, you're, you will never show up. So there's a lot of you know hassle that goes with any job, even even setting this up with Jake. I'm sure he's. I got to set up the microphone and get the do all the <laughs> testing and all the stuff. That's like okay, he doesn't care about that stuff, but but he wants to create a great show for you guys. Right. And every single comment that you give him, or every email that's that you write in to say, Jake, man, that episode you did with whoever really had a big. That's the why. That's why he does yeah, exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah. So. If you, if you feel that connection, you're going to show up and give your best every day. If you feel like, I don't know, nobody cares, this doesn't matter, then you're not going to show up. And you're going to quit on it pretty quickly. So it's connecting, it's connecting to the why of doing the thing that you're doing, even if it's a longer term why. Like some people are in school and they don't want to be in school, but they want to be a doctor or they want to be a whatever that requires schooling. So you connect it to that why, right? But doing something just because you want to make your parents happy or doing something just because you're trying to make a paycheck guys, there's so many ways to make a paycheck. Yeah. And guess sure. what? You're going to make a way bigger paycheck doing work that you love as opposed to doing work that you hate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause there's no commitment there. You're just doing things out of obligation. You just, you yeah. just won't get good at it. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta love it to get good at it. Like I've, from my YouTube channel, I've, I've covered 
tons of successful people. You know, I study more successful people right. than most people and just right. the work that I do. Modern day number, Napoleon Hill, yeah. <laughs> the number one, yeah, Ed Milet said that is super kind. Yeah. Um, the number one thing that comes up over and over and over and over and over and over again from entrepreneurs to athletes to musicians to actors is, is love of the craft, yeah. love of the work, not just the results. They love getting the results. It's great getting that result, but they love the work. The work fuels them. Yeah, that's the journey. Yeah. Yeah. You have to love that part of it. And yeah. if you love it, you'll have success. You may not have instant success, but if you love doing it and you're going up against somebody who doesn't love doing it, you're going to eventually beat them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So like uh, a lot of um, like call center managers or owners might be listening to this podcast and let's say, you know, with the pandemic, they've had some challenges, right? All kinds of challenges. And as much as people love the idea of working from home, working from home has its challenges too, right? So um, let's say, for instance, there's a call center and they're, they're just having issues with, with that pivot to work from home and then getting attendance, like giving people the flexibility to work from home. Now nobody's really showing up and grinding, you know, like what would you say to that call center manager to kind of help them through that transition? It's, it's checking in with people to create, just like you created a structure for them. When somebody comes into a call center, maybe they've had some experience or maybe they don't know what they're doing. Like maybe this might be their first ever call center job. So what do you do for somebody who's brand new coming in? You give them structure, you give them routine, Mm -hmm. you give them a script, you give them somebody to train with, you give them a phone, you give them a computer, like you're giving them the tools they need to be a success. You have to almost rethink that now and do it all over again for them to be a success from home. So setting a schedule, setting an office environment, right? What's going to be on the walls, right? right? Do they have a, do they have a room they can call from where there's not a dog barking in the background and babies crying, right? Like they may not have thought this out. A lot of people who if they, if they love structure and routines yep. and they've now had success working for you because of the structure routine that you gave them, uh, that maps terribly to going to a home environment. Yeah, it does. It's like people who are in the military go home and they, a lot of people end up getting depressed because they don't know what to do. They miss the routine and structure. Here is this elite Navy SEAL who is now is overweight, depressed, and on drugs because the structure is all gone. Yeah. So it's not, it's, it's, it's on you, right. not, not you, Jake, but you like call center manager to help them create that structure yeah. at home. Right. It could be just like the training, the onboarding you did. Now you have to figure out what is the onboarding to create a successful home office environment. I would even do like a zoom call with everybody, something right. like this. Yeah. Let's see your setup. I want to see your setup. Like, no, you can't have t-shirts hanging from, you know, <laughs> The banister, like, no, right? Like, right, yeah. you're a professional. You I, have see, to treat- I see the headboard of your bed. You're trying to work from the bed today? <laughs> exactly. Like, no, no, you got to get out of, don't sit there on your laptop right. on the bed. You're a professional. This is, so right. you have to tell them what to do. You have to train them because they may not have, you. this is the problem is that you might be super efficient at home and how you're doing it. But don't just automatically assume that all these people who you've given a set structure to who now have no structure are just going to crush it like you're crushing it. This is why they're an employee because they like the structure. You give them too much freedom and people say they want freedom, but they actually end up hating it because they don't know what to do. And now they're at home feeling like they're disappointing you, disappointing themselves, disappointing their family, not not being productive and they don't know what to do. And that's on you as a leader to give them the structure to succeed. Right. Yeah. And so 
uh, a lot a lot of people that might be listening are like, well, well, you know, Evan, that sounds great, but my challenge is uh, right now we have to do everything commission, so we're performance based only. So like, how do I how do I get structure in a in a ten ninety nine environment when they're not technically employees, but they're independent contractors? I'm, I'm vibing with what you're saying, but how how might we go about finding structure in a kind of environment where there everybody is has this flexibility of being an independent contractor, you know? Well, what were they doing before COVID? Is it a COVID issue? This is just a general issue. Right. Yeah. So let's say like, um, co- yeah, definitely would be, be a COVID. Yeah. Cause now, now for instance, as an example, um, some of the challenges that call centers are having is like we're pivoting for working from home, but then they had to go 1099. Now COVID, some of these people were drawing unemployment too. So so now they're like, well, why would I, why would I make outbound calls and do this type of work? And I'm drawing unemployment, right? So it's this whole mindset thing. Like, how do we help people navigate through these times? Is uh, it's it's effort. Like, if somebody mm-hmm. was coming on just to make a paycheck and never loved the thing and is willing to go on unemployment and take sixty percent of what they're making and they're good with that, that's yeah. a that's going to be a harder person to shift. Yeah, it's it's your belief, like. So here's what I think about leadership. Your job as the leader is to help train better humans. So it's not judging them for being lazy or unproductive. It's helping them see a greater future for themselves. There you go. Yeah. And this takes work. Like you might have 400 people who work from you and say, what am I going to make 400 phone calls? And yeah, but what else are you doing? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because whipping them isn't, isn't going to be the thing if they, well, I don't want to be whipped by this manager. I can make 6% of what I'm making and just be home and chill and watch Netflix. But that's not actually the life that they want. Right. They're not building towards anything. Exactly. So you have to help them back to the why. They don't see a why. They don't see how working this job right now is making them a better human, is giving them the skills, the discipline, the mindset, the motivation to then mm-hmm. go off and accomplish amazing things. That the yep. time that they spend with you is going to be the best part of their life that whether it's a year, six years, you know, people don't often stay in those jobs for 20 years, but you're the, you're the leapfrog to go, yeah, yeah. I'm something better in their life. And they won't get that something better sitting on unemployment, watching Netflix. Yeah. I love it. So shifting that mindset, even from a leadership perspective to say, it's okay that we're their stepping stone. Like that's, that's a compliment to us. Yeah. I mean, the same thing with the military, right? People go into the military. Most of them aren't lifers. It's a stepping stone right. to get to somewhere else. But, right. but it's the, the training and the discipline to become better humans. Right. We're yeah. going to teach you how to get in control of your life. Like most people who sign up for a, t- a telesales job, uh, they're just, it's nobody's, almost nobody's coming in. It's like, I can't wait to right. be a telesales <laughs> rep, right? Exactly. <laughs> Getting people who just are looking for any job or are desperate or just don't know what to do right. next, yep. but, but they're, they're lost and they're aimless in life. And that's your job as a leader, at least the best ones. Some people are, are listening to say, Evan, that's ridiculous. That's too much work. That's not what I want to do. I just need people to grind it on the phones. Those are the, those are the call centers that are going to lose a lot of business right now. Yeah. Like if you don't care about your team and you only care about the results they're doing, um, you're, you're ultimately going to lose. This right. is how you win recognizing that we, we are a stepping stone that, that maybe mostly, I don't know, how long do people last Jake in a, in a telesales call job typically? Yeah. About three or three or four months. Uh, so I would, I would have guessed three months, right? Yeah, so right. your job, like that's a lot of training and recruitment and just right. my job, my goal for you 
uh, tell all, all you call center operators is to try to get someone to stick for two years. Yeah. It's not going to be a 20 year thing, right? I mean, people right. don't want to just bang out. <laughs> I mean, maybe get some lifers, but those are the, those right. are the, those are the, the weirdos. It's awesome. <laughs> right. We'll keep them. But, yeah. but if you could take that three month life cycle and turn it into two years yeah. where you're, you're investing in the person where that makes it, makes it hard for them to leave the work because of how much they're learning and growing as a human and as a leader. Yeah. You like what the upside for you is you keep somebody for two years instead of three months. You don't have to keep training people, right. new people in and, and having that turnstile coming in and out. Yeah. Um, those are the people who are going to win right now. So it's investing into the people recognize that they will leave you, but I want to, I want to really extend, right? I want to make it two years instead of three months. Yeah, exactly. And I know we're coming up on our time and anybody that wants to find you, just Google Evan Carmichael. You so find him at the top of YouTube, but also just real quick as a last question, man, Evan, what are you, what are you most excited about right now? Talking to Jake Lynn fam. Come on now. Let's go. Yes. And great questions. I like your, your, I like your vibe, dude. So listen, so today's the Thursday recording this. Uh, I'm all day, all day, like no breaks, just talking to people, podcasts, hangouts. And I love, I love your, I love your, your chill vibe. You ask me questions. Nobody else has asked me yet today. Um, so I'm pumped to be here, man. I love what you're doing and want to see you blow up. Hey man, appreciate it. Well, I'm glad you're part of the journey now, man. Consider your friend now. That's this what this is what we do. Podcasting equals making friends, bro. So, Let's go, dude. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, man. Well, good, man. So glad to have you in my network and I made a new friend today, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jake. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Much love. Visit allthingstelesales.com for additional resources that can help you drive more revenue. Did you like today's episode? If so, subscribe so next week's episode will be available for you. And if you really like today's episode, leave a five-star review. It's a good way to get the word out there. And if not, check out another episode. Maybe then you'll be able to rate the show five stars. Anyone you'd like to hear from on the show, send an email to podcast at allthingstelesales.com. I'd love to hear from you. Don't threaten me with a good time. Episode was off the hook.